tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. Let them fight. Monkey versus Lizard! Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, listeners. This is our 104th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment. Tonight, in the second of our HBO Max movie specials, we are covering the monster-sized smackdown of the century, Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, as a reminder, the other HBO Max streamers we have currently scheduled include Mortal Kombat, Space Jam, Suicide Squad, probably going to do The Matrix, and uh, we'll do Dune because we're nerds. Fucking love Dune. Yeah, so look forward to those. That aside, and fresh from his 264th episode of his conspiracy-laden podcast, we have Captain Cash. You need to understand, the moon landing wasn't real because there is no moon. Also, the fluoride they're putting in the tap water, totally fine. It just makes your teeth better. And when he's not playing VR and dead monster heads, we've got Chumpzilla. Yeah, when I'm not doing that, I'm bathing in the entrails of dead kaiju. What, uh, what, what's the VR porn like inside the monster head? Oh, a lot of tentacles. I imagine. A lot of tentacles. You know what? I, I really don't know what I expected in asking that, but uh, that makes a lot of sense. No, that checks out, right? I mean, yep. it totally tracks. Check, totally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. remind me never mm-hmm. to go into your uh, monster head man cave ever. Honestly, the red flag would have been monster head man cave. That's really all you need to know to know not to go there. Yeah. It's true. like, true. you know what? Um, I use Mothra's thorax as an outdoor uh, patio. Nope, nope. Don't need to hear it. Don't want to know. Yep. Uh, That's enough it's there. Nice, it's a nice outdoor seating area. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. It's very, it's very Instagram friendly. Okay. Artsy. Artsy. Classy. So, uh, yeah, points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Beal Flops. Uh, you can find myself when I'm not hanging out in Skull Island with Kong, my best buddy. Hashtag Team Kong at WriterTLK. I suppose now's as good a time as any to let you guys know that the Thunderous Wizard is actually a six-year-old girl. Uh, yeah, and I have many Kong toys. That's true. That is uh, mm. that's just science. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good at sign language, so he's not as nice to me. But so it goes. Captain Cash, where can they find you? As always, I can be found at C A P T C A S H on most of your social media. And. Uh, Chumpzilla, who's actually banned from Skull Island for environmental destruction and a lot of acts that will not be named, where can they find you on social media? Well, first off, I can tell you what the blowhole is not for, and that's why I can never go back to Skull Island. If you want to hear the full story, I'll definitely DM you it on Twitter at Chumpzilla8. Slide up into them DMs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And beware. Uh beware so this movie obviously available to stream on hbo max and if you're lucky enough to 
be in a place where theaters are safer or you are vaccinated, it is in theaters around the world. Uh, I plan on seeing it on a big screen once I'm fully vaccinated. I, I love Godzilla and King Kong. I may not have loved this movie, but I love things about it. Tonight, we are drinking Colossal Claude Imperial IPA from Rogue Brewing. It contains a colossal dose of Cascade, Chinook, Citra, and Strata hops and carries a hefty Captain Cash approved 8.2% ABV. Yeah, this is a colossal indeed. Also, just as a side note, when we say colossal Claude, it's not possessing of claws, but instead like the French name Claude. C-L-U-A-D-E. French moose. Chocolate moose. Chocolate moose. Uh, And it even has a backstory uh, about this monster who, you know, a sighting of which has not been uh, reported for a few decades. Uh, But they're fairly certain the massive sea monster has been laying low off the coast of his favorite brewery. And it goes on and on. So he is a monster. This is a monster movie. Sorry, Claude. Either one of these monsters would take you to the woodshed. You have no chance. Yeah, I mean, the monkey definitely wrecks house with a creature that looks vaguely like Claude at the center of the Earth. Yeah. So, mm. Yeah, he appears to be a large, like, reptilian sea snake type thing. Yeah. And I'll just add, this this is now an official uh, full-season beer for Rogue. Oh. They, they, uh, December of 2020, they announced they were going to keep this around full-time. Um, and I do enjoy the can art. It is really cool. It is cool. It's uh, very reminiscent of the Bat Squatch that we had for Vampire's Kiss. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, the which, artist which was also very cool, which, is, again, was another urban legend, like fringe monster, you know, like a knockoff uh, yeah. Sasquatch slash uh, Yeti thing. But, yeah, anyway, yeah, cool stuff. Good, good beer, Thunderous Wizard. I, I enjoyed this. It's really, it's got a big punch. It really does. It's not boozy, but it's really hoppy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And because of that, I'd probably give it like one and a half movies out of three. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of there with you. This is sort of the opposite of Voodoo Ranger, which we had last pod, where, you know, that was very, very smooth and it's not as hoppy. This is like a lot of hops up front. I mean, you, there's really not that same burn that you would get with a high-octane beer like I'd expect. So in that way, I think it's good. Uh, I, I'd probably go one and a half, two. Chubzilla? Oh, yeah. I would give this a solid two movies. You know, it's it's a good beer. It's uh, it's interesting enough to hold me through eh, four-ish hours of bad entertainment. Okay, so on to the entertainment on which this pod is focused, which is Godzilla vs. Kong, and that was directed by Adam Wingard, who also directed a bunch of movies you probably are familiar with or at least seen, such as The Guest, Your Next, VHS, and The Blair Witch Remake. Uh, I highly recommend both The Guest and Your Next. They're great low-budget horror. And theoretically, he's gonna direct the Thundercats movie. Mmm. The logical sequel to Cats 2019 is Thundercats. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, honestly, I, I think that's probably a definite because this movie seems to be doing well enough and is reviewed well enough that he's got some he's got some currency built up. So let me ask a question here, Thunderous Wizard. Uh, you're next. Is that the movie where like the thing haunts the people and like follows them around and they transfer it through sex? No, that is. Uh, 
Oh. What Never mind. Wrong horror movie. movie. Uh, that that it was just that's your it follows. Experience. That's called herpes. Yeah, it follows. It is definitely a metaphor for venereal disease. It's a. It's also a great movie. But your next is a about a young woman who goes up to meet her boyfriend's family, and there's a home invasion, and they're picking people up, and she happens to be a survivalist, and it's badass. So okay. I highly I'm recommend. Not that familiar. Movie. Yeah. I should. I should probably check that out. No, I, I would definitely. Check it out. Um, so, I want to also give a shout out to Tom Holkenberg, who did the score for this. That's Junkie XL. It's badass. I really like his Godzilla and King Kong themes. Now, Godzilla vs. Kong stars Godzilla and Kong. Monkey. Lizard. Lizard. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there are a slew of annoying human characters, which includes Alexander Suki Skarsgård as Nathan Lind. Millie, my prerogative, Bobby Brown as Madison Russell. Hey, Eleven, we yeah. met her. That was a mistake. <laughs> she, I mean, she was lovely, but you're you're reminded that she was like eleven or twelve, and we're like, oh no, we're adults. What are we doing here? Yeah, uh, Rebecca, mm, I was polite. I hope. I mean, we were, but yeah, okay. we were. I mean, literally, the thunderous yeah. wizard was dressed as eleven. I was. You know who and probably I, hates us? Gene Simmons. But that's a tale for another time. That's true. <laughs> he knows what he did. Yeah. He knows what he did. And that's why he can never go back to SeaWorld. Yeah. <laughs> Gene Simmons is definitely not allowed at SeaWorld. Definitely not. Uh, you've also got Rebecca. I was the bad guy in Iron Man 3, but the studio didn't think kids would buy a female action figure, Hall, as Eileen Andrews. Oh, Hold up. Not, not the studio. Ike Perlmutter. Fuck that guy. Well, he works for the studio. Not anymore. Yeah. Suck it, Ike. Yeah. Uh, you've got Brian Spiderfish Tyree Henry as Bernie Hayes. You mean Q? Yeah, it's Q. It's Q. You've got Kyle Friday Night Lights Chandler as Mark Russell. Julian Foulmouth Dennison as Josh Valentine. And there's a lot more, and I'm going to mention uh, the young girl because she's really the highlight of the, the people actors or actresses She's can i great. just make a, a chumpzilla joke here has anybody seen kyle chandler and ron livingston in the same room together uh no but i, I just feel like it's like hey can we get ron livingston at like slightly olderish looking a little a little less boyish a little a little more like you know, old timey handsome. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, let's get the guy from Friday Night Lights. Well, cool. here's a story for you. Uh, quick aside was one of the reasons Tim Miller apparently left Deadpool 2 is because he wanted Kyle Chandler to play Cable. And the studio and Ryan Reynolds said, no, he doesn't have the cachet. And they didn't want to go with him. And that created the rift. No kidding. That that was the rumor. Yeah. Well, I hate to say I mean, it. But yeah, I think he was wrong on that one. Yeah. 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 Uh, Brolin's way more dynamic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Brolin's. Brolin's Brolin. Yeah. Come on, man. He's in Goonies. Like, 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 uh, what's his face? Friday Night Lights. He's got like one thing. He just gets like that squinty, like, look. That's it. He's got like one thing. He's a good actor. He is. Watch He's Game okay. Night. Okay. Watch Game Night. He's great. He's great. Game, Game Night is good. Yeah. Are you sure that's um, not Ron Livingston? It's definitely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Have to sure. double check. Have to double check on that. That's a good point. Uh, Office Space was great. Anyway, I'm moving on. Last person you got a very brief cameo from Lance Reddick. He's from Oz. He's also in Bosch. I always give shout outs to people 
from the show Oz, because that's my show. Godzilla vs. Kong, by the numbers, apparently cost $155 million to make. I've seen it higher elsewhere, but... For what we're seeing on the camera, they got their money's worth. They definitely did, yeah. yeah. You know, normally I would say, like, oh, you got to err on the high side of the budget. But, frankly, this movie had a ton of, like, green screen CGI. So I could believe that they probably did this on the low end of those estimates. It's also significantly shorter than King of the Monsters. By about That's a half fair, hour. Yeah. So. yeah, because this is, like, what, like... This is two, under, just under two hours. It's under just, two hours. Just a hair under two. It's yeah. actually an yeah. hour and 45 minutes without credits. And there is no after credit scene. So unlike the uh, uh, Skull Island. So don't worry about that. There is no credit scene. There should have been. There should have been Mothra coming back from the dead. But anyway, moving on. Mothra is doesn't Mothra need... Mothra? Uh, no, Godzilla is, if you've seen King of the Monsters. He's most explicitly Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he rises from the dead. Dude, I, I, I still, I'll go back to that at, pod because uh, Captain Easter, Cash everybody. missed it. Damn it uh, yeah, my favorite zombie-related holiday. Um, I do love the the King Ghidorah thing against the, the red sky, and it's very, you know, uh, biblical or whatever. That was that was pretty good in King of the Monsters. Like it, it was a little over the top, but I enjoyed it. I was like, dude, that's an extreme visual. I'm here for it. There's a lot of great imagery within that movie so at 155 million it would actually be the lowest uh or the cheapest of the monsterverse movies godzilla 2014 cost 160 skull island was 185 king of the monsters was somewhere between 170 and 200 i would probably think towards the higher end of that um we don't have any concrete numbers on global box office but this movie has been received way better than king of the monsters um, last time I checked, it was at like 79% with 226 reviews. So yeah, that, that's pretty good. Cause King of the Monsters was in the forties. And of course, as we mentioned, this is the second of the MonsterVerse movies we've done. Cause Chumpsdale and I did do King of the Monsters. Neither of us particularly liked it due to its overabundance of stupid human characters, generally nonsensical plot and visually difficult to comprehend monster fights because almost everything was at night and super so dark. dark. So dark. It j- just for the record, Thunderous Wizard, Wikipedia, Wikipedia is reporting that its box office poll is already at 132.7 million. Yeah, yeah, it, it did really well overseas in its opening weekend. It was like 121.8 in its opening weekend. It's already almost halfway towards King of the Monsters. I just want to say, I really appreciate you enunciating the Wikipedia, because originally I heard Wikipedia, and I thought, Wikipedia, the Star Wars the one? What, what, what does that have to do with Kong? I had to correct myself. Yeah. I appreciate that. It's mm. well done. So this movie is the first time Godzilla and King Kong have shared the screen in 59 years. That God, I feel old. All the way back to Toho's original showdown in 1962. I'm a huge fan of all the show era Toho films, but that one in particular has aimed extreme, has aged extremely poorly. If you haven't watched it in a while, do so yeah. and then get back to me. Uh, and it's not uh, because now, of the rubber suits. <laughs> now, when you say it's aged poorly and not because of the rubber suits, I have a handful of thoughts on that. Is it the racism? Uh, yes, every thought you could possibly have is the ra- is the racism. <laughs> oh, 
Oh no. Yeah. It's hey, hey, and oh true to form, the human characters also suck, just in general. I mean, you know, you're in a Godzilla movie, you're gonna get that. Yeah. yeah. And remember, those movies cost a fraction of what this costs. So I don't <laughs> they, like they literally that much. paid for that with like the cost of whatever craft services was. Yeah. And they were pumping those things out like every ten months. So it was like it was a factory. Uh a racism factory, apparently. <laughs> <Yikes>. <laughs> uh, Wait, this isn't America, is it? Yeah. Hey, so, news, news flash, millennials. We did not invent racism. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, moving on. Yeah. We are the millennial. What? Yeah. No, we, we're we're the. Well, hey, I speak mean, for yourselves. Close. I am the uh, youngest of Gen X. I refuse to identify as a millennial. So thank you very much. I mean, fine, old man, but whatever. Exactly. I will. You call me old man. Ugh, you damn whippersnappers. Uh, to Chubzilla's point, this movie is doing very well overseas currently, and it opened to just under 10 million Wednesday here. This is that's yesterday. This will drop obviously later, but it's going to have the biggest weekend the U.S. box office has had in quite a long while. Even if it's not spectacular, it's showing that. People are willing to go back to the movies if you give them uh, suitable vaccines. entertainment. Yeah, I mean, for <laughs> vaccines, you're yeah. absolutely right, yeah. Chumzilla. But this, to me, feels like one of those movies that needs to be seen on the big screen. Like, I yes. can, I can, I, I watch this on my TV at home, and I feel like I lost something because of this. If I yeah. saw this opening night on a big fucking IMAX with all the speakers and all the other people who are there for the kaiju, I feel like this is a very different experience and I have a very different opinion. No, I think you have a very, <clears throat> you have a very good point there, uh, Captain Cash, because, yeah, I mean, we've all got big TVs at home now, right? So it's not like we're staring at like a little 27-inch TV to watch this thing. But, yeah, I still felt like I was missing out on some of the visual spectacle, but I think you nailed it with the sound. I think if you got this in the big theater surround sound with some of the booming bass and the rumbles of the explosions and all that, I think that's the kind of movie, or this is the kind of movie you want that experience for, uh, because there's a lot of like crazy visuals and big like punchy action scenes and all that stuff. Like it's definitely a big screen movie. Monkey does the punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. This. It, would have been and, great to see in an actual yeah. theater. And I'm a Godzilla guy, and I, I just love the way like his like screech sounds in a big theater. Like that was the best part of King of the Monsters. Just just getting the Godzilla screech where they isolate it. And that's the only thing that's like echoing through the theater. You're like, oh, that's so cool. Because it just sounds bigger than life, you know? Because you've seen it on TV. You've seen it in the rubber suit movies. You know what the sound is. But to hear it in a big theater and just have it kind of resonate inside the, the building, totally cool. You guys know what I'm talking about. Come on. Thunderous Wizard, cut in that screech. Let's hear it right here. Yes, that's it. Having that reverberate through a theater is a different experience than just listening to that in your living room. It just is. Yep. No, it really is. The last movie I saw before this whole shitstorm of the pandemic and uh, closures and, and isolation and quarantining was the original 1933 King Kong. I took my, at the time, two and a half year old son to see this movie. This movie that means a lot to me. It's one of my favorite movies ever. 
if not my favorite. And I saw it on the big screen for the first time in my entire life. And it was like a larger than life experience. Like it's hard to describe seeing that on the big screen for for the first time ever. It was really amazing. And if you love these monsters like we all do, that's where they deserve to be seen because you want them to feel larger than life as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a really big part of it. Thunder Swizzard, I have some sad news to report, and I will require a beer for this. Would you like to know the last movie that I saw in theaters before this gesturing broadly thing happened? Well, I could venture a guess. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it, it was an experience I shared with Captain Cash. Uh, we both uh, took in Cats 2019 down here in Atlanta. And uh, I am really, really, really depressed that, that the last movie I got to see in theaters before all this happened was Cats. You know, he says that. But, you know, I'm pretty sure he became a furry after that. So it's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the last yeah. movie I saw was... I still saw two movies after that. I saw Birds of Prey and Onward, which Birds of Prey is still great. Onward was good-ish. It's fine. Oh, well, good for you. All right. Well, Cats, Cats think, was so much fun. Cats with the right yeah. audience is so much fun. The right audience? You mean us and one poor 65-year-old woman? Yes, and drunk. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Drunk, yeah. It's a Midnight Madness movie, and you'll, you know, one day we'll all see it again together and treasure that experience. But for Hashtag now, release ah! the butthole cut. Yeah. But for now, let's get to our descriptions of this movie. We'll start with Captain Cash. How would you describe this in one sentence? This movie is the reverse Pacific Rim. So the, the so it's the uh, Atlantic Rim? No, no, no. That was an <laughs> asylum film. It's it's the reverse Pacific Rim in that the monsters are the good guys, and the giant robot created by man is actually the bad guy. Okay, it tracks. Uh, yeah, that actually does track. I'll I'll give that to him. And I, by the way, we're going to be doing Pacific Rim next. You can't so, wait. It's uh, still, to me, Pacific Rim remains the high watermark for this genre. Yeah. Mm. Chubzilla, how would you describe this in one sense? Godzilla versus Kong versus my ever-shortening attention span. <laughs> yeah, that tracks because I watched this with my wife and within 45 minutes she's like, these people suck. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, in I, fairness, freely, they do suck. Yeah, yeah. I'll freely admit, about two thirds of the way through, I was like, um, "I'm just gonna take a nap now because this sucks." <laughs> it's <laughs> it just it just lost me. I'm like, I don't care. I'll catch the rest in the morning. Maybe I don't know. This it, it, yeah. it, 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 it had its moments where it like kind of dragged, but. Uh, the giant monsters punching each other stuff was great. It was really good. There but, is uh, 45 yeah, this... minutes of this movie that is pure magic mm-hmm. movie going experience. Yep. The yep. remaining it... hour and 15 where I have to hang out with humans, less fun. And, and, and it's just, it's just that they're so um, awful uh, in every dumb way. and uninteresting. It's like, I really don't care what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. That's why I would describe it as this is a theme park ride. If, oh my god! If there was a giant section of the ride where you didn't do anything, 
And then all of a sudden it like took you down this amazing like just free fall. You're just like literally sitting still for an hour. And that's like, buckle up, shithead. Here we go. <laughs> when they get in. So I'm jumping ahead, but we'll talk about it. But when they get in the whatever the weird flying ships they use to go to the center of the earth in. And it takes a very POV like look into the ship. I'm like. Am I? Did we just get in a Universal Studios ride? What yep. the hell is going on? It feels very much like the Star Wars ride. There's actually several scenes where they just fly past like screaming monster faces, and I was like, "Yeah, this is just a ride. Like you put this in 3D, you or 4D, and you get like the the shaking chairs and the mist, and it's just a theme park ride. That's all it is." So that little shuttlecraft, that was the. Uh... Uh, what, what what's the little like landing craft from Star Trek? I don't the away know, shuttles. dude. <laughs> yeah, no I'm sorry. The, they're the, the the away shuttles. They're shuttles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's exactly what that thing was. I'm like, oh look, it's the little shuttle from Star Trek. Cool. I gotta say, for a very visually interesting film, they could have done better than what they did with that. Uh, yeah, it was like a bar of soap that yeah. glowed purple. So the actual description of this movie is the epic next chapter in the cinematic monsterverse pits two of the greatest icons in motion picture history against one another, the fearsome Godzilla and the mighty Kong, with humanity caught in the balance. Not at all true. Not at all true. They're not I there mean, to destroy humanity. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, they, they, they actually had to defeat humanity to save humanity, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, I guess, I guess theoretically, okay, we'll get there. But I guess, yeah. Yeah. So hold it. Let's insert. uh, Here's the spoiler warning because now we're going to talk about the plot, and there's no way to talk about this stupid plot without spoiling the shit out of it. So there's only one really big plot point in the movie. Yeah, and it makes no sense because the title gives away that you got Kong and Godzilla. Yep. So we already that that's a given. So okay, so this is a Kong and Godzilla movie, but there is dun 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 player number 3. Yes. And I mean I I'm pretty sure I've explicitly referenced Mecha Godzilla at least once so far. So <laughs> Spoiler. I mean, they made a friggin' toy, so it's their fault. It's like mm-hmm. everybody knew. Jerks. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the plot. The movie opens on a shot of the king himself taking a cat nap and generally being awesome. Because he's just like us, he wakes up and scratches his butt. <laughs> it it frustrated me for whatever reason. This part of the movie, I like. I know they were trying, but I didn't get a strong sense that Kong was gigantic. Uh, it doesn't like, really work here, no. He seems just about the same size as the last movie. Yeah, like, I saw, like, birds fly by and stuff like that. And he definitely picks up a tree to fashion the spear and stuff. But it just, it felt kind of like, it felt like a cartoon. I don't think the scale of it works at all because she still comes to see him. And at the size he's supposed to be, because they're literally huge in this movie. I mean, uh, as tall as buildings. Yeah, literally he, as tall he as would as not be able to, enormous. like, oh, there you are, like. She would be a speck. Like, they're supposed to be almost 400 feet tall. He should have grabbed that tree and stuffed it into a smokestack and smoked it like in that Chappelle show skit. That would have been funny. It, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, he was he was taking a nap, 
uh, in the middle of the day and got up and was super pissed. So maybe he maybe he did a little hashish. Before. Trees, bro. Yeah. yeah. A little Skull Island ganja. Who yeah. knows? So he gets up, you know. This is now he's confined to Monarch Base 236, which is literally Skull Island. Uh, this raises a lot of questions for me, such as how did they construct said base without one of the myriad of horrors of the island feasting upon them? Uh, <laughs> but if you think too much about this movie's plot, your brain yeah. may explode. Stop. Stop. No, yeah, yeah, stop not right that kind of movie. Yeah. Not that kind of movie. Moving it's, on. It's like Samuel L. Jackson goes there with a and he's got severe PTSD. He's a psychopath with a group of Vietnam vets and they die in like twelve hours. But they built this monarch base, which probably took three and a half years, no problem. Like <laughs> I mean, look look, that was with nineteen seventies technology. Bare minimum we're talking 20, maybe 2010 technology. We're good. I'm just telling you right now, Halliburton and Blackwater don't fuck around. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so you meet a couple people here. Most of them suck, but Kong's little friend, uh, Gia, played by Kaylee Hodel, she's not one of them. She's the highlight of the human characters and really the only one you have any emotional connection to. And by the way, she yes. is actually a deaf actress. So Oh, I really, well, I, I mean, really she like definitely that, sucks uh, least of all. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I, she emoted so hard in this movie. She I, really did. Like you can I'm, tell that she was really. You could tell she was really going through like you know her character's emotions. I I, I was impressed by that because all of her scenes seem extremely heartfelt. Yes, I am still frustrated that they kept imperiling this small child. Yeah, for, it's, for what she was the magic no child, reason. though. She was the magic child, though. She was the the key. Her character is the most endearing and the one you care the most about, but it's also like the stupidest part of the plot. Like, well, do you think she can do this? It's like, stop putting her in danger. You like are scientists. Danger, like jerks. Like maybe think scientifically. Heaven forbid that you actually have a hypothesis about anything. Well, I, I think I think with you know, I'll defend the movie to a small extent here. I think what they're trying to say though is that it's not just that she knew the sign language; it's that Kong clearly had an emotional attachment to her. Yes, and that's yes, so, one of the things which, I like about which, which also seems kind of silly. It's like, okay, yeah, but still, like, couldn't you try to use that to learn from Kong or work with him so you could? wean him away from the, the small child that's in danger but no she's their only conduit so she has to be along for the ride constantly imperiled yeah yep and i mean that's why i did like her character though because that at the end of the day that's kong kong is kong is not a monster no kong wants to be no. left alone kong has a heart of gold and i thought that was the and... probably the strongest emotional uh you know string throughout the movie yeah when he says he wants to go home it's like yeah dude i, I feel you Fuck and the he's dude saying from it, True and Blood. he's saying it to her. Yeah. He's saying it to her. Exactly. <laughs> dude from yeah, True Blood I, sucks. Yeah. Wait, which, which, Ron Livingston? Yeah, no. Skarsgård. Uh, <laughs> Skarsgård. So, Skarsgård or Sarsgård? Sarsgård. No, not Testicle Head. This oh, is the Skarsgård of the famous Skarsgård. No, they're not related. He's Sarsgard. Oh, oh, this is Skarsgard. Oh, the, the professor from Thor. Yes, that's his. That's, that's his, his dad. Yeah. 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 No, I got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, we head to Pensacola, Florida, where Apex, 
clearly a shady corporation, is under attack from Godzilla. Conspiracy theorist Bernie, this is Brian Tyree Henry, who's been a mole in the company for five years, witnesses the whole thing and also makes a most interesting discovery. This also prompts Madison Russell, who's from the last movie, she's one of two carryovers from the last movie, to find Bernie to unravel why Godzilla chose to attack. This is never really adequately explained, in my opinion. It just happens because the plot needs it to happen. No, I would disagree there. Um, It's not explained at the time, but you find out later that basically Godzilla is the predator and he'll attack anybody who has a weapon that threatens him. So apparently Godzilla is somehow cognizant. Godzilla rules, so... He knows that they're working on something nasty, so he comes after it. He, he's the I, alpha I, of an organic kingdom. It makes it, no what, sense. It, yeah, because, again, the technology they're working on, we don't know it at the time, but it's based on King Ghidra. Ghidra. But, Ghidra. Yeah, and Ghidra, we're going to get there. Yeah. That, yeah. that so, was the one twist so, that they so, had that I actually really enjoyed yeah. in this film. So so he, he recognizes that... that uh, that was going on. So that's why he came after them because he recognized that, that was a uh, weapon that threatened him. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so anyways, this attack leads to Walter Simmons, played by, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Damien Bichir, who's the even shadier head of Apex to recruit Dr. Nathan Lind, that Skarsgård, not Sarsgård. Oh, you mean, you're not, you mean not Pedro Pascal? I think you mean not Alfred Molina. No, he was like, this is your monster, but it could be better. He was very Maxwell Lord. Oh, that, your, I mean, your research okay, sucks, fair. but it could be better. Fair, <laughs> fair. But he was very Molina. Uh, All right, fine. Tomato, tomato. Everyone thinks you're a quack, and they could think you're quackier if you listen to my stupid fucking ideas. It could be crazier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he says, hey, we got to head to the Hollow Earth to secure this power source strong enough to protect humanity from the Titans. At this point, it's really clear that this guy's the bad guy and that he pro- he provoked Godzilla into this encounter. I mean, yeah. is he a billionaire? Obviously, he's a bad guy. He, he, he's clearly the, the coked up white suit bad guy from an 80s movie, too. It's like all the visual cues say this guy's a sleazebag. Like, he, he has no credibility from Jump Street. He... He evades in a helicopter, and he tells his uh, his assistant, "It's like it's time to go." And it's like, "Oh, because you set it up." Like, of course, it's time to go. Like, our work here is finished. Let's go. Not like, "Hey, run for your life. We got to get out of here." It's like, "It's time to go." It's like, "Okay, you're a shithead." (laughs) Yep. Very subtle movie. Very subtle. So Lind, with zero actual evidence that his plan will work, convinces Dr. Eileen Andrews, that's Rebecca Hall, that King Kong is the key to getting to the Hollow Earth. So they must take him from his home of Skull Island. Uh, One problem, if he leaves Skull Island, Godzilla will come for him because they are immortal. They have inside them blood of kings. Holy shit, this whole movie just took on a new context for me. There can be yeah, but, only one. But hold on. What the fuck is Hollow Earth? Well, you see, it's the hollow part of Earth. It's the theory that instead of having an iron core and molten rock, that the center of the Earth is hollow. Is this, I, like um, the, is this what, the What's at un- the bottom of this beer? 
is this, is this like the under part of the flat part of the earth? Because I'm familiar with that. Because, I mean, as a reasonable person and an intellectual, which I'm sure both of you are as well, that we all do agree that the earth is flat. So, I'm no, you, no we're not doing that satire. There's just, there's no, impossible because this movie it can't be flat. So, no, you're wrong. Although the science of this movie is stupid because if you... The, if the center of the Earth was indeed hollow, it would implode. But that uh, no, I mean because it's I flat, mean, so <laughs> it doesn't implode because it's turtles all the way down. There would be no all the way down. There would be no center of the Earth then, uh, except for the hollow part where the lizards live. Okay. Anyways, get, okay, we're not going to cater to you, Kyrie Irving, and your flat earthing ways. Paper boy, come on, paper boy. Yeah, we were not again. So, I said, don't think too much about this movie. We were kidding about it, but like, literally, that's how stupid the science of this movie is. We were not kidding. Don't think too much about this movie. I do have one legitimate question because I did not watch uh, Kong Skull Island. Is the hollow earth thing part of that movie, or is this just brand new for this? It, it does come up in Kong Skull Island. Very briefly, so. but it's a huge yeah. part of the last movie. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm just going to state on the record, the Hollow Earth stuff, Godzilla and all these titans being these organic creatures that once ruled the world like dinosaurs or whatever, it really robs Godzilla of his most intriguing aspect. It also robs King Kong of, of, of his uniqueness. It's stupid. I hate it. I, I can't stand yeah. it. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, no, I'm right there with you, Thunder Wizard. I like the original like man-made Godzilla. I love that aspect of the character. And honestly, I think that pays the most respect to the Japanese heritage of the the character because yeah. he he was very much a coping mechanism for the Japanese people following the atrocities of World War II. And you, and you know why the American versions of the character or even the American versions of the movies never specifically reference that element of the character? It's because they don't want people to think we're the bad guys. But yeah, we did a really terrible thing and killed a lot of innocent people. And that inspired this character that really mattered a lot in the Japanese. The psyche of the Japanese people, yeah. Yeah. And and that matters about the character. I think the character is a creation of man's own faults. Nature points out again and again the follies of men. Go, go, Godzilla. So, uh, yeah, just don't think too much about this movie because... The entire plot hinges on King Kong floating around on a aircraft carrier on his journey to the hollow earth. And they know that King, uh, Godzilla will come for him. And gorillas aren't known for their swimming prowess. So he's destined to lose this fight at the high seas, which he does. And he would most certainly drown because that's how shit goes. But they're like, hey, don't think about it. This is what we got to no. do. Hold on, uh, Thunderous Wizard, let's be clear here. I am sure the U.S. military has a giant set of Kong-sized water wings to keep them afloat. He'll be fine. They didn't employ them. Only the they death charges to scramble Godzilla's head, but wait, wait, not so you're jumping Kong's ahead. head. So we, we should talk about how the whole plan is they throw Kong on just an open big ass boat and they have him chained down but also tranquilized 
only to then later have Godzilla show up. And we get the first Godzilla versus Kong, which is pretty fun. Like, it starts yeah. with Godzilla, or, like, Godzilla attacks a bunch of ships, but by the time they both get on one boat where they can fight, it starts with the monkey just throwing a haymaker, and it's pretty great. I actually really like the fight for the most part. Uh, obviously, you know that King Kong's in, in peril because he can't, you know, he can't swim like Godzilla can. He's limited Godzilla to... Godzilla is literally from the sea. Yeah. He's, he's got the big advantage. He's jumping from surface to surface. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, and that's like, you're like, oh shit, like how this movie's really stupid, but oh, look at this. Like, now I'm back in. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, at this point, we get full-on, like, we've had King Kong kind of do his thing, we've had Godzilla attack a thing, but this is the first time we get King Kong versus Godzilla, and this is probably, what, 20 or 30 minutes in? It's not that far in. No, like, there's literally no actual human or plot development. It's, It's racing from absurd thing to absurd thing just to get you to this moment. And I mean, it, it works for me. Like I, yeah. I had a good time with this first Kong versus Godzilla. I love every monster fight in this movie. Um, this one's not my favorite, but it's it's really good. It's really when he jumps off, he sees the the atomic breath is coming up through the bottom half of the ship, and he jumps, and you're like, well, now you're screwed because now you're in the water. But I mean, it looks really awesome. Yeah, I mean. It, and this, unfortunately, prior to this, you don't get a real good sense of scale, but having them fight amongst aircraft carriers with other people around, yeah, that, this is pretty good. I mean, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that they no, would, would no, be able to again, tiptoe across aircraft aircraft carriers, but so it goes. I didn't come for giant monkey versus giant lizard for sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, they make it to the Hollow Earth. Supposedly smart people do a lot of very dumb things, such as getting out of their ships in this strange and relatively unknown part of the Earth. It was Prometheus levels dumb. Because yeah. They, uh. like, they literally saw Kong fight two giant snake dragon things with like crab people. And holy shit, Woola. Woola from fucking John Carter on Mars is in Hollow Earth. He's there. Yeah, you know what pissed me off about this? There wasn't more Woola. Well, that, but in King of the Monsters, they waste a ton of kaiju simply to have it all in service of King- Godzilla's the King of the Monsters, and they don't use them at all. And now you're in Hollow Earth, where they apparently all live, and you don't give us one, one awesome cameo. From a monster from Godzilla lore, at all, Anguirus can't be there. Yeah, like I mean, Andy, I agree. But were the flying snake thing, dragon things, were, was that not? Nah. No, no, nah. really bummer. There, yeah, I, I so, didn't do any hey, research. Give us an example, Thunderous Wizard. What would you have liked to seen in Hollow Earth? Destroya. I'm not. I'm yeah, not Thunderous. I think Destroya is a huge, a great example, yeah. because. You know, it's like, holy shit. Like, then there's this looming threat. If he lives there, eventually he'll come. I mean, you could do literally anyone. Um, you could do King Caesar. 
Now he's a good guy, but you could do, I mean, Kumanga's in the last movie, but shouldn't we get a better look at him? And he's living in Hollow Earth? He's technically mm. in the last movie. Like, they had yeah. all these titans, and then they use none of them in this scene, and it just kind of sucks. It felt very generic when they got to Hollow Earth, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, you could use the uh, thing from Godzilla 2000, which is like this weird turtle alien thing that tries to eat Godzilla's head. There's so many references you could do. You could even have the little baby Godzillas from Godzilla 99. Megalon is the real answer. Megalon lives in Zootopia, which is essentially under the crust of the Earth, and he's my favorite monster. But there's so many other great monsters oh. from every era of Godzilla, and none of them are Even, hold on, you could have had like a Mothra, like a larva cameo. You could have had a giant, like, you know, caterpillar. I oh, would have shit. loved. Mothra still there. I would have loved Gamera. Gamera would have been awesome. It's, a, it's like it's a different thing, but Gamera would but, have been great. But Gamera is in the art book for King of the Monsters. He would have been really neat. Yeah. He would have been fun to meet. We love you, Gamera. Uh, they allude to him in that art book. So uh, here they are in this hollow earth. Kong discovers a giant axe because apparently he like. This was also really absurd. Like, oh, he is the key because his handprint is on this door to this ancient place. Or or at least approximate a, handprint. a Kong. Yeah, a, a Kong. A Kong. Maybe not this Kong, but a Kong. A Kong. And this leads to the shady executive guy's daughter getting the sample of what they need, which leads to our next giant monster fight. Her character was so dumb, and I loved watching her die, so I was really excited that she died. This but, part to me is so confusing. So Kong goes into this volcano, right, where it's it's got his handprint, so he pushes the doors open. There he finds a bone tomahawk. Thank you, Kurt Russell. And then he picks up this tomahawk and, like, sets it in, like, another keyhole. So not only is his hand kind of a keyhole, there's a bone tomahawk keyhole which then clues Godzilla into the fact that someone is in Hollow Earth. So yeah. Godzilla, who at this point is attacking Hong Kong, shoots a atomic breath so hard down that it is directly above wherever Kong is in the Hollow Earth. These are things that happen. They are, in fact. And I guess... So... And... The other thing we found out is that they are making a Mecha Godzilla that Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, and the kid from Deadpool 2 have taken a train from Pensacola, Florida to Hong Kong to find this secret place, have watched Mecha Godzilla with a limited power source murder one of the monsters from Kong Skull Island. But whatever power source is in Hollow Earth is now somehow powering Mechagodzilla. So Mechagodzilla can do stuff now. Yeah, yeah there's a whole lot, of, whole lot of stupid going on. Uh, like, I mean, I, I watched this movie. How, how did the, the blue glowy stuff that they found in Hollow Earth... Power Mecha Godzilla. That's what I want to know. Well, it doesn't make sense because they get the sample and their ship's destroyed. Exactly. So, like, and 
And to be yeah. fair, it, Kong grabs the ship and literally just offhandedly crushes it. Crushes and it's yeah. it's pretty brutal and awesome. I, that was good. It's yeah, yeah. If again, if you think too much about this movie, it's going to make your brain explode because when Godzilla dies in King of the Monsters, he doesn't go back to the Hollow Earth. He goes to this old temple where he was worshipped on Earth as a god because he's Jesus. Uh, and lays down to die there alone, and then they resurrect him. So the Hollow Earth is a thing, but Godzilla doesn't actually go there. It's so all this is so dumb. Anyways, what are we here for? The monster fights, and it's glorious, right? And this is where this is it. This is the point where Kong jumps into the hole where Godzilla has beamed down through Hong Kong, and I guess gravity gets all fucky or whatever. So now Kong is in Hong Kong. I don't know if that was deliberate, but that's where we're at. Hong and Hong, Kong, Kong and Hong Kong. And we get the first, or the second, Godzilla versus Kong. And this fight is fantastic. Uh, this time King Kong wins, but as Captain Cash alluded to, Does he? Bernie, well, he wins the first half of the fight before losing I- the second half. Yeah, I mean, if you win the first half of the fight but lose the second half, you lost the fight, though. Well, anyways, we go to Bernie. He's in the Apex thing. They, did, You know, Mechagodzilla's there. Uh, you got the guy sitting in King Ghidorah's skull because, well, uh, no other reason that looks really bitching. Um, so, so hey, hold on. Quick question, because they, they reference that there's two of King Ghidorah's skulls accounted for. Where's the third? Well, that's... That's a vague. It's a. It's same thing. It's a tease for because we're Mecha. gonna get Mecha Ghidorah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. But I did like this little piece of lore building where, I guess, to pilot the Mecha Godzilla, what they've done is taken one of the Ghidorah skulls, put it inside Mecha Godzilla, and then the pilot of Mecha Godzilla sits in the second. Ghidorah skull and has whatever the VR outfit is that lets him pilot Mechagodzilla. Yes, lets them communicate telepathically because Ghidorah's heads communicate telepathically. Um, Now, they activate him. Immediately he determines that the shady executive is not his real master, so he murders him and is like, all right, time to take out the trash because I'm the king of the the fucking monsters. And I really like that because... Mechagodzilla is always a bad guy, but here it makes it a little more personal where it's, oh, it's because it's at least one or two of Ghidorah's personalities. And it basically it fries the guy who is trying to pilot it. And then you get the sense that, oh, it's Ghidorah taking over. And that's yeah. why he's going to murder and crush everything. I, I really liked that. I thought that was clever uh, world building. Again, just like the round two of Godzilla and Kong, which winds up with Kong being down and out, almost dead. Mechagodzilla just wrecks Godzilla's shit before they revive Kong with a little CPR, and then they fight and just wreck Mechagodzilla's shit, and it's great. This, for me, is the best part of the movie. The the two-on-one with King Kong and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is legit good. I still think Mechagodzilla was wildly overdesigned. Like he looks like a Bayformer, which kind of sucks. Yeah. I uh, there's just there's too much going on with him. They needed like 
streamline it just a little bit. But the key takeaway from this film is Lizard beats Monkey, Monkey beats Mecha Lizard, Mecha Lizard beats Lizard. That's the new Rock, Paper, Scissors, everybody. Yeah, and uh, you're right. His design is... It's cool, except for his, like... He has, like, claws for hands. What? Like, why would that be efficient at all? It's not. Uh, Yeah. Well, I'll just say this. I expected a more inspired design for the Mechagodzilla. Like, it was super generic. I wanted something that looked more, like, original and, like, striking. And it was just kind of like, eh, whatever. It was very Ready Player One. Yeah. Uh, So, they take down the evil robot. Hooray. Also, Madison's dad somehow teleports to Hong Kong. The end of the movie. (laughs) Yay! He shows up in Hong Kong and finds his daughter in one of the largest cities in the world. No problem. That's how stupid this movie is. But... You know what? I kind of like it. So, if we were going to do Godzilla vs. Kong, how many beers are required? Chumzilla, let's start with you. Oh, uh, only because of the length, I'm going to give this four mostly fun beers. It's a good time, but you're going to need a little bit of uh, liquid dumbing down to get through it, because it is borderline nonsensical at some points. Yes. Uh, Captain Cash, how many beers? Yeah, same boat, four. It's, uh... It's not bad, bad, but it's not good either. It's a fun ride. Yeah, it, it's a ride. It's it's a ride. And when the when the giant monsters are fighting each other, it's a great time. Yeah. And I'll say this. It's not Blade Runner 2049, but some of the neon landscapes and visuals are pretty solid in this movie. I do want to know why literally every building in Hong Kong is highlighted in neon. That. That doesn't seem right, right? Yeah, because of movie. Yeah, I think it was just visually striking, I guess. Um, I'm right with you guys. This is four beers, and I'm half and half. It, there's two pain beers for all the plot you have to suffer through, and there's two just, like, giant enjoyment beers for all the fun you have when the monsters actually fight. Listen... I understand the plots of the Toho movies are generally pretty dumb. Uh, But those movies were made for a fraction of the cost, and they at least had some sort of sensical message to them. This movie costs way too much money to be this stupid. It's not really acceptable to have a plot this bad. It's not. Uh, I mean, what, what did we say it was? 150? 155 is a lot of money for this script to be this bad. Listen, I hear what you're saying, but Transformers The Last Night literally cost a hundred million more dollars and was way stupider. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I have great reverence for these characters and Godzilla really meant something. King Kong really meant something. And they, and they just deserve a little bit better than the half-assed pseudoscience bullshit we get in these last two movies where the plots are just terrible. They're just terrible. And, it, counterpoint. You're dealing with giant monsters. There has to be kind of pseudoscience behind it, right? Kind of, but not originally. Like King King Kong, they went to his home. They took him away from his home. Disaster happens, right? Like Godzilla, obviously, is a is a, a consequence of of nuclear weapons and and the destruction. Yeah, I'll just say there is something to be added to the lore of these characters if you include a bit more realism in their backstories so 
I wouldn't totally outright dismiss the science angle. Like that actually helps, you know, because they are they are smart ultimately science. silly characters. Yeah, smart science. I mean, these are ultimately silly characters. They're larger than life. They are, you know, fiction and cartoons effectively. But if you can like interweave a bit of that reality into their backstories, it makes it just real enough to give you that emotional pull. Yeah. And I think that's the balance you have to strike with these kind of characters. You have to keep it just real enough that you can't just totally disassociate and turn your brain off to watch. You actually have to care a little bit because I mean, again, uh, thunderous wizard, you know, you love the original 1933 King Kong. That movie has a strong emotional narrative to it. Like you feel for Kong in that movie that, and that, and that's what makes it a classic. And you do feel for Kong in this movie to a certain extent because they do do him in a pretty dirty way. He just wants to go home. Godzilla, you yeah. have no connection to at all. Like, they're like, oh, he's our savior, but you have no connection to Godzilla. No, no, no. He, he's the foreign entity, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's no. he's the Old Testament god. Yeah. Kong yeah. is really Jesus in this movie. Yeah, uh, you're correct there, Captain Cash. Godzilla is, in fact, the Old Testament god. He is a jealous and vengeful god. And that'll take us into our first break, and we're going to hear from our buddies at the Double Turn Podcast, and we will catch you on the flip side. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back to the 104th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment, and we are talking Godzilla versus Kong. So I do have some quick-fire questions for you guys before we get into our trivia challenge. Uh, beginning with, where does this movie rank in the current MonsterVerse series? Of course, that being 2014's Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, which I think was 2016, King of the Monsters 2019, and then this. We'll start with... Captain Cash. For me, uh, the pinnacle, I think, still remains Kong Skull Island. Uh, then it would go this, then King of the Monsters, and then I just, I did not have a good time with 2015 Godzilla. It just, it wasn't it for me. All right, uh, Chumzilla. Well, I've only seen King of the Monsters out of the four films. Well, actually, including this one, I've seen the two. So, anyway... Um, I will say this was slightly better than King of the Monsters. So I would have to give this the nod, I, I guess, as being the best. Um, yeah, I don't know. How, how good was Skull Island? I didn't see it. Listen, I appreciate the presence of Samuel Jackson, John Goodman, Brie Larson, Loki. Uh, and, oh my God, the best, the guy who stole the show, John C. Riley, fucking killed it in that movie. He actually, without him, I think the movie is not nearly as strong because he's like oh, I, the actually yeah. most human character of those characters. Like you feel for him, he's been trapped on Skull Island all these years, and like he seems like a real person, and it's pretty great. 
Plus, he's doing his John C. Riley best to just be silly fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say Skull Island's my favorite. Now, again, I, I like all these movies to a certain degree. I, I think King of the Monsters is the worst. That's the bottom of the barrel. It's It has a lot of problems. For all the great monster mayhem you do get, it just has a lot of problems. Um, and then I would probably say this. So this is second to worst. I like this a lot better than King of the Monsters. It still has a lot of problems. And then I like Godzilla. So Skull Island, Godzilla 2014. Why? That felt like a real... It felt like a serious movie. It felt like the original Godzilla. There was a suspense to it. You had Brian Cranston, who was really great in it. Probably the best sort human of killed immediately. Yeah. He's, but it is the best human performance I think we've gotten in any of these movies. And... Uh, yeah, these last two, they're, they're fine. This is a lot better, but it's still... I think after you watch it the first time, I think when I watch it the second time, I'll just like it more because I'm just going to be like, oh, whatever, I don't I don't care. I know the plot's bad. But I wanted it to be a little bit stronger. Considering the reviews were so good, uh, I thought this movie was going to be better than it was. And I was sort of like watching it, I'm like, this is an 80%? It, it needs to be tightened up. Like, they're... There is one too many human subplots in this film. Yeah, I just don't think you need the girl from the last movie at all with the conspiracy theorist guy. I think it's they're totally they're like skulking around this secret laboratory and not getting caught, and it's like it's two children and an idiot. And it seems like they teleport a little bit. Yeah, which fine, I guess. This movie does not consider time at all. Considering that that God, uh, King Kong climbs out of the center of the Earth in like fifteen seconds, well, but gravity's fucky, so he it, sort of falls toward it, the outside way, of the Earth. I mean, Maybe, yeah, it's like it, come it's on. screwy. Yeah, I don't know. So it's not good. Which one of us are Kong versus Godzilla guys, Captain Cash? I I will always come down for the King of the Monsters, Godzilla. We wouldn't have kaiju without Gojira. Gojira, shokuten percento. Uh, that's not necessarily true, but Chubzilla. Oh, no, I'm a Godzilla guy heart. all the way. I love the rubber suit movies. I've always been a Godzilla guy. I just think it's a fun character. Yeah, I think if I could choose both, I'd say both. But really, it's Godzilla is the silly fun character. Because mm-hmm. he became a cultural thing and... They released movies every year, and he was like, oh, what's Godzilla going to do? He was serialized. Uh, whereas oh, absolutely. King yeah. Kong to me was, it's just one of the greatest movies ever made. And I, it was revolutionary, so. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, King Kong might, as far as cinema goes, be more iconic. But yeah, Godzilla is way more profil- uh, prolific. I think my only quibble there is original Godzilla being a a metaphor for the terrifying power of a nuclear arsenal. I would probably lean a little bit more as far as it being about something. No, obviously the first movie has a has a great deal of thematic importance, but he was then turned into this iconic character that you know, they turned him into how many movies can we make? And how fast can we make them? 
And that's no, not that. That's fair. And that's what I remember him for because certainly I saw the Raymond Burr Americanized version of Godzilla. But then I would watch all the other ones because they were a lot more fun for me as a five, six-year-old kid where he is essentially the good guy who's coming to save the day. Whereas King Kong, I used to rent and I would just be mystified by it because the rubber suit looked really good in, in the 54 Godzilla, but it does not look as good as the stop-motion animation does with King Kong. It just doesn't. That movie looks insanely good to this day. I, it just set a, set a standard. And it's one of those that just seeing it in the big screen especially, I was like, it was like a child, like my childhood fantasy come to life, like seeing him in, in a big screen. I love them both, though. Uh, biggest and baddest monster battle of the movie. I think this is unanimous. It's got to be Hong Kong, which is a pretty sprawling battle that encompasses multiple portions it's of the It's the last fight. 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah, man. You get basically what is the nighttime fight of Kong versus Godzilla. You get the daytime fight Kong versus Godzilla. You get the daytime fight of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and then you get the two-on-one. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Hong Kong and a half. If I had to choose a section of it, I think it's when they team up, because honestly, I was like borderline teary-eyed when King Kong comes out of the ashes, whips his shoulder back into place, and saves Godzilla. Yes. I was like, yeah, I, I give you cool. that. It's like, this is everything I've ever wanted. <laughs> Which is why I do, you know, in the end, I do enjoy this movie quite a bit, despite all the issues I have with it, because you just can't, you can't top Godzilla fixing his separated shoulder and then beating the shit out of Mexico Mexico Godzilla. Just can't. And the big question, plot twist aside, would Kong actually have a shot in hell against Godzilla? Listen, (laughs) I, I like that monkey can thumbs... And can tool, but uh, Godzilla can atomic breath. So nah. Yeah, I'm with you. This is a this is a sad sad day for the Thunderous Wizard when King Kong gets just a hole blown through his midsection by the atomic breath, <laughs> just dies. Yeah. No, no, see, <clears throat> I'll basically agree with Captain Cash here with a small caveat. I feel that the nuclear fire breath is a deal breaker, but under the right circumstances, Kong's opposable thumbs and his ability to use tools could give him a fighting chance. And it's certainly what turned the tide in the two on one fight against the Bay former Mechagodzilla. Well, like, yeah, it was. You, you can see how critical that can be. So, under the right circumstances, if Kong has access to a tool, he might be able to best Godzilla. Again, I would just like to stress. Lizard beat monkey. Monkey beat mecha lizard. Mecha lizard beat lizard. You know, that that's obviously a jest. Like, it's just paper, rock, scissors. But it's really clear that Mecha Godzilla understood everything Godzilla would do based upon whatever algorithm they built him with from King Ghidorah's stored whatever. But Brain, he, whatever. He, he didn't understand how to handle a completely new monster he'd never faced before. And it's that's sort of interesting. Like, this is a new style. But, I mean, come on. Godzilla is the character you choose in a fighting game because he can spam the projectiles and, and distance. 
and King Kong is, you know, he's Zangief. Unless you get in close, you're pretty screwed. Now, if this were Greco-Roman wrestling, King Kong wins running away. What 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 if it's uh, Turkish oil wrestling? King Kong still wins. Anything with I don't know. I, I feel like Godzilla would be super slippery though. I think he'd be more slippery with the oil than Kong would be, but he still has the stubby arms. Uh, Got to watch out for the tail. Ooh. You do. You do. If he now imagine how fast he could do that slide kick he does in Godzilla versus Megalon with the oil. That might be a deal breaker. He might kill him. He light the oil on fire with his atomic breath. But I'm saying, if you're Greco-Roman wrestling or, re- or Turkish oil wrestling, the fire is banned. You can't use it. No. Uh, the, okay. the slide kick is a slick move, though. It's a very slick move. I think there's a lot of angles we could tackle this, to be honest. <laughs> but should we? But should we? Okay, who wins in ping pong? I mean, I feel like, obviously, Kong, because of the arms and the fact that it rhymes with ping pong. Ping pong Kong. 100% he wins. He's he's probably the champion of Skull Island. Not that he has that many challengers in ping pong, but I feel like he gets a lot of practice. I mean, oh. I, I it still comes back to, can Godzilla use his atomic breath? No. Okay. No. Yeah, no. He could play with his tail, though. The tail is an X factor, but yeah, his, his arm reach is a serious weakness. It's a huge weakness. Like, can't, Godzilla can't can't play baseball. Right? Can't swing the bat. Um, but can't you get can the dunk around. on Charles Barkley. <clears throat> That's true. Yeah. He's sort of like George Mirasan, though. He's very awkward. Anyways. You know, <laughs> as, we're, as we're talking about this, in the Mario Kart pantheon of King Kong versus Godzilla, I feel like the only chances Godzilla stands is basically Godzilla Kart. Or I guess it's, you know, it's Godzilla Kart uh, and Godzilla Party. Godzilla Baseball, Godzilla Golf. He's at a distinct disadvantage with any sports that require arm extension. Ooh, soccer. Did they make a Mario soccer? They did. Super strong. Okay, so maybe. maybe. I think he'd be good at that because he could really hit the shit out of the ball with a tail whip. Exactly. Whereas King Kong yeah, would obviously tail, gravitate towards... Grabbing the ball with his hands, which is illegal. So he make a hell of a goalie, though. Yes, very true. Monkey has no tail. No, because he's a gorilla. He's not actually a monkey. They're very different things. Monkey. So uh, I'm sorry. He's an ape. Yeah, we a are great ape. We are on to our Titan Truth podcast trivia challenge, gentlemen. This is a standard multiple choice format quiz. I have assembled a series of questions. Relating to the legendary kaiju or the actors in this film. As well as the return of Name That Kaiju, which we did on the King of the Monsters podcast. Uh, So, for Name That Kaiju, I'll provide a description of the monster. You have to guess who it is. Again, that's multiple choice. Now, to chime in, please say, Kong bows to no one. Or, of course, you can say, I'm going to shoot. That is the classic (laughs) chime in phrase. I mean, can we also do... I prefer you did. <laughs> and so would the listener. Yeah. And uh, number one, are we ready? I'm going to shoot my atomic breath. Okay. In 1962's King Kong vs. Godzilla, the aggro ape lives on this island. Is it A, Skull Island, 
B. Faroe Island, C. Infant Island, or D. Monster Island? I'm going to shoot my atomic breath. Captain Cash. Monster Island. That is incorrect. Damn. Uh, I go with, uh, I'm going to shoot B, Faroe Island. Faroe Island is correct. Infant Island, of course, is where Mothra is from. Skull Island is his actual home. Uh, Monster Island is where they assembled all the monsters after they rounded them up. And if you watch Destroy All Monsters or something like that, that's Monster Island. Faroe Island, where he likes to fight octopuses and get uh, drunk. After Mia Faro? I don't think so. No. It's F A R O. F A R O. Fair enough. Also, the place where they do super racist caricatures of Islanders. Yay. Yeah. So that is one nothing Chumzilla. Number two, okay. Kyle Chandler, who plays Mark Russell, or uh, Ron Livingston's uh, stunt devil, yep. is sharing the screen with King Kong for the second time. In Peter Jackson's 2005 remake, he played this character. Is it A. Preston? Is it B. Hayes? Is it C. Jack Driscoll? Is it D. Bruce Baxter? Or is it E. Captain Englehorn? I'm going to shoot Atomic Breath. Captain Cash. It's not Driscoll. What was the next one? Bruce Baxter is D. Bruce Baxter. That is correct. He is the movie star who's a total schmuck. Bruce Baxter, of course... Jack... Well, I mean, he comes th- he comes through in the bug pit. He scene, does. Though. He does come through in the bug pit. Jack Driscoll is Adrian Brody. Captain right. Englehorn is uh, the Nazi from uh, Ultron. I forget his name. He's Baron von Strucker. That's Strucker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, okay. Yeah. So it is one to one. Okay. Uh, number three, King Kong is significantly taller in this film than he was in Skull Island. In the 1933 film, how tall was he supposed to be? Is it A, 24 feet? Is it B, 34 feet? Is it C, 44 feet? Or is it D, 54 feet? I'm going to shoot. Okay, Chumzilla. I'm going to go with 54 feet. That is incorrect. Oh, man. I. It's got to be... It's. It's the first three. Well, obviously, he, because the last he, he got the last one wrong. No, no, I mean, because he climbs the Empire State Building. Yes, he I'm going to go thirty-four. Incorrect. He's twenty-four feet tall. Damn. Yep. So, bonus point. We're still at one to one. How tall was he supposed to be in the 1962 showdown? Closest answer gets it. In in the ninth wait nineteen sixty two yeah so he was twenty four feet in the original obviously he had to grow substantially by nineteen sixty two to fight Godzilla how tall Got it. was he uh, Chumpzilla says seventy feet I'm gonna go seventy three feet you guys are both woefully off and I mentioned Godzilla's height earlier no I know but I just was trying to you did beat him you uh, you definitely prices right at him it's one hundred and forty seven feet. <laughs> So it is now two to one, Captain Cash. Sucker. Speaking of heights, number four, Godzilla has also fluctuated in height throughout the years. In this movie, he's 394 feet tall. Which version of the character is taller than that? Is it A, the Heisei era, which is Heisei era one, which is 1984 to 1991? Is it B, Heisei. the Heisei era two, which is 1991 Heisei. to 1995? 
Is it Final Wars Godzilla, which is 2004? Is it D. Shin Godzilla, which is 2016? Or is it E. Godzilla Earth, which is 2017 to 2018? I'm going to shoot Atomic Breath. Captain Cash. I, I mean, I realize it varies in size, but I'm going to go Shin Godzilla. Incorrect. Damn. Ugh. Give me those remaining answers one more time. Okay, Captain Cash, What are the? how do you pronounce the first two? Heisei. Heisei Era 1 and Heisei Era 2, which is A and B. You've got C, Final Wars, or E, Godzilla Earth. I'm going to go with Godzilla Earth. That is correct. That is an anime on Netflix where he's 984 plus feet tall. And he Holy essentially shit. rules the earth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of live action, you were not wrong, Captain Cash. He's 387 plus feet in Shin Godzilla, by far the tallest until uh, this movie. I, I, I was not familiar with the, that last one. Oof. So it is now two to two. But bonus, how tall was he in the Showa era? Closest answer gets it. By the way, that's 1954 to 1975. Um, now, just remember, we just did this with King Kong from that era. So yeah, no, I gotcha. Uh, yeah, closest answer. I'm I'm going to help you out here, Captain Cash. I'm going to say uh, 150 feet. Okay, 151 feet. He did it again because it's 164 plus feet. <laughs> I was just being I, a I am dick fine about with it. that the so entire time. It is now <laughs> three to two, Captain Cash, and we are on to name that kaiju. Number five, I am known as the horror of the deep. There's also a bad chain restaurant named after me. Is it A, Gamera? Is it A, Ibarra? Is it C, Kumanga? Or is it D, Manda? Red Lobster. That is That would be the restaurant, but what monster is it? Oh, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> it, is, it is Red Lobster. Wait, what? He is a Red Lobster. Oh, okay. So... All right, what are my choices again? It's A, yeah. Gamera, B, Ibarra, C, Kumanga, or D, Manda. Uh, uh, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. It's Captain right. Cash. Captain Cash. C. That is incorrect. Kumanga is the giant spider in Son of Godzilla. Oh, I'm going to go with B. You are correct. And the title of the Boom. movie, which later was Americanized to Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, is Ibarra, Horror of the Deep. He is a red lobster. Still, I mean, technically, I don't the recall best, how to say lobster in Japanese right off the top. Technically, the best seafood you can get if you live in a landlocked Midwestern state. It's sad, but true. Anyway, moving what about on. about the sizzler? <laughs> oh. What about, long, I mean, what about long johns? Lobster in Japanese is just robsta. So I don't. What is Ibarra? I don't know. I can tell you this. I had some dynamite lobster potato chips in japan and i've never forgotten that flavor <laughs> i miss it dearly just sticks with you um uh, mm-hmm. number six we're tied three to three okay wow three heads are better than one but i didn't have them as this monster a pre-evolutionary kaiser Ghidorah. is it a monster x is it e mega Gyrus? Is it C, Orga, or is it D, Dorat? I'm going to shoot Atomic Breath. Captain Cash. Monster X. It is Monster X. That's from Godzilla Final Wars, yep. which I've recommended on this pod, and you yep. should definitely watch it. It's I so definitely watched it in Japan. It was spectacular. So we are at 4-3, to three, awesome. 
Captain Cash. I'm Last sorry. I watched it in question. theaters in Japan. Dude, I wish was, I could have seen that in theaters. That movie is awesome. By the way, Ibarra's in that movie, and it's spectacular. He is? Yeah. Number seven, unearthed during some oceanic research, I joined forces with Mechagodzilla to generally be an asshole and ruin Godzilla's day. Is it A, Gorosaurus? Is it B, Baragon? Is it C, Titanosaurus? Or is it D, Godzillasaurus? What film? Terror of Mechagodzilla is the film. I'm going to shoot Atomic Breath. Captain Cash. Godzillasaurus. Incorrect. Damn. I'm going to go with uh, B. Incorrect. It is Titanosaurus. Oh. He had the webbed ears. He's a really tall, goofy-looking bastard. And, uh, yeah. Dang. So, That's Captain right. Cash, good news. Wow. You win Congratulations. a skull crawler egg fresh out of the... Uh, Super underground uh, high-speed train to Hong Kong. What the hell's a skull so, crawler? Here's my thing. What's a skull crawler? It's the thing Mechagodzilla kills in, uh, when they're training him. Like, they're testing his powers. But it's from Skull Island. Yeah, so here's my thing. There were more than just, like, the two of them that Kong killed? It was a very, like, hey, this is like aliens, but we're not smart enough to do anything with it. Mm. Like, we're harvesting these deadly... Uh, we're not harvesting, but we're creating artificially these super dangerous animals. But really, like, what did it matter? Like, you could have them kill anything. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to play How Do We Fix This, Apex and Monarch have to be the same organization. And this turns into Monster Universe Winter Soldier, where, oh, actually, the, the Monarch group was bad. I don't know why they didn't do that. It would have streamlined everything so much better. Essentially, it's just like anything you read about any government in history, like where there's good actors and there's bad actors. Yeah. And the bad actors are up to no good. And, yeah, uh, but th why make them separate organizations? Why do I have to know what Apex is? It, that's the stupid thing, because in the movie, uh, Bruce Baxter says, like, this was our last shot at building something that could combat the Titans if they ever turn bad. So they were working with Apex. So they are, like, they were government contracted, seemingly, but they never build on any of that, so whatever, Again, I guess. one less subplot, one, one fewer subplot with the humans, this is better. Oh, yeah, I agree. So we're going to take our second break. We're going to hear from our beer bros over at Hop Nation USA, and when we come back, we're just doing recommendations. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 104th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops, presented by Wabam Entertainment, and we are closing out our Godzilla vs. Kong episode with recommendations. Gentlemen, what do you have on tap for this week? We'll start with Chumpzilla. All right, my recommendation tonight is a bit of a change of pace for me. This week, I'm going to recommend a Kong-adjacent article from Collider, uh, the title is Peter Jackson's original version of King Kong was very different. 
And it covers the first time Jackson was offered a chance to direct a King Kong movie all the way back in 1996. Oh, shit. We're going to talk Deep Rising? Uh, Not exactly. It's a short but wild read. And the story involves James Cameron's ill-fated Planet of the Apes movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Michael J. Fox, Harvey Weinstein, gross, Shakespeare in Love, The English Patient, The Lord of the Rings movies, The Mummy, Mighty Joe Young, and Godzilla 99. It's an interesting read, and it looks at a very crazy behind-the-scenes kind of thing that had to happen before Jackson was finally able to get his 2005 version of King Kong off the ground. Nine years later, and three Lord of the Rings movies after, he was originally offered the gig. So, yeah, check it out. It's on Collider. It's just a wild, weird Hollywood story. And, again, it's Kong-adjacent, so I think it fits for this pod. I I think it is Kong-direct in that the person who is supposed to direct Kong to begin with is Steven Summers, who would later go on to direct The Mummy. Uh, that would have been terrible. He did G.I. Joe. Uh. But Steven Summers also directed Deep Rising. Yes. At the end of that, there's a big creature crashing through the trees. That's meant to be Kong. They're meant to be on Skull Island. It would have been incredible. Like, this would have been like that was the first attempt in basically what the last 25 years of a movie verse. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I mean, it, took, it literally took until 2012 to make it actually happen, but still, Deep Rising was. Deep Rising is a movie we're going to have to do on this pod. Deep Rising is a very fun B movie. It really is, and it yeah. bombed like fucking crazy. Cool. Uh, so let's uh, let's drop uh, Pacific Rim. We'll do Deep Rising next. We're week. not going to drop Pacific. Y- you Rim. realize we could literally awesome. do a Stephen Summers month, Deep Rising, uh, Van Helsing. Oh no! I saw we saw that at the Princess. Yeah, we Yike. did. Um, so before we go to Captain Cash, shout out Mighty Joe Young. Obviously, you're talking more about the remake. Not as good, but. 1949, Willis O'Brien finally wins a much-deserved Oscar. Uh, There was a technical award that movie received. And that movie is also really great. I would recommend the 1949 one, obviously, but gosh, I love it. I love it. So, Captain Cash, recommendation. So, this week, I have been getting deep into Letterkenny, which, uh, listen, I, I don't know how late I am to this party, but Letterkenny is a Canadian comedy about farmers in a very small rural town in Ontario and it is absolutely goddamn hilarious. Like I I haven't seen a series like this that I could recommend since fuck maybe Rick and Morty, something that is so funny that I feel like everyone needs to watch it. Uh you're a little bit late. But that's no big deal. I mean, people find things at different times, and that's a good recommendation. I've had that actually recommended to me by several people. I've watched a couple episodes, but I haven't, like, done a deep dive. But I've heard, like, 
you'll you know you should do it because it's very funny. I listen. I started watching it. I think a week ago, and I am through season two now. I mean, to be fair, the seasons are very short. They're they're six episodes a season, and they're about thirty minutes each. So it's not too bad. So yeah, it's easily digestible entertainment. And it's so much fun, and it's so good. So my recommendation, I have two because one of the actors from one of my favorite shows or maybe my favorite show, Oz passed away out of nowhere this week. That's Craig Grant. Uh, he was he's actual poet. He played poet on Oz. He's 53 years old. He's an immensely talented guy. Just watched the first episode of Oz and and he does this poem and it it's like more of a freestyle really, but it's incredible. And if you don't understand the immense talent that guy had just from this scene, it's really sad. 53 is way too young to die, uh, especially out of nowhere. And he's a great character on the show. I've been rewatching the show, so I'd just throw that out there. If you've never seen Oz, believe me, it's well worth your time. My second recommendation, as I've rolled along with my best picture watch, is Promising Young Woman which centers on a medical school dropout uh, who's writing societal, moral, and behavioral wrongs and maybe not in the best ways, but after her friend suffers this horrific and uh, abusive sexual assault, she also lives with the residual trauma of that event. It's a dark movie, uh, but it warrants your attention, definitely warrants your time. It's very well acted. Carrie Mulligan is sensational. She is the promising young woman. Uh, Bo Burnham, who... I believe directed eighth eighth grade. If you've ever seen that movie, it's a really good movie. Uh, is also in it. He's good in it. And a pod favorite Clancy Brown is in it. Gotta love Clancy. Fuck, fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's there can awesome. be only one. And he's like you know Clancy. He's just a good actor. He he plays something totally atypical. He's just a concerned father, and he's great. Also, Mr. Krabs. Yeah, that's available to rent. For five ninety nine, Oz. Of course, if you have HBO or Amazon, you can watch anytime you want for free. And it's, I think, one of the best prestige television shows ever. Uh, remember, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find myself at Writer TLK. You can find Captain Cash at C A P T C A S H on most social media. You can find Chumpzilla when he's not traveling through the hollow earth and pissing off giant dragon bats. At Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. Hey, yo! And uh, McCheese, who couldn't be with us, can be found at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. We're always looking for stuff. You know, this HBO Max stuff just was like, hey, these movies are going to be on demand for free. Why the hell not? So we're always looking for ideas. In uh, the end, listeners... If there's a corporate-friendly term for sacrifice pit or mindless fun, that's out of the quote, I think we're in it. That's what this movie is. It wants you to turn your brain off. Just do it. Because if you don't, you might... You're just going to suffer. Yeah, you might rip all your hair out. Go, go, Godzilla. Yeah. Woo. So, next week, we mentioned earlier, we're starting our hops and New Year's resolution flops. Uh, which we named uh, at the, I forget what episode it was, but we all said, hey, what movie would you want to do? Captain Cash is kicking us off 
with a film rife with big-ass monsters throwing haymakers or sword arms, Pacific Rim. The best kaiju movie ever! I'm pumped. That's an oversell, but yes, we'll see you, we'll see you next week. Awesome.